Now it's time for your job spot and Darren Kelly joins us. Darren, what have you got today? Thank you very much, John. We have three in total. We're going to start with Lockray Auto Parts is currently seeking a full-time counter salesperson. Experience in motor trade, similar position is desirable. Excellent pay for a successful candidate. Email your CV to lockrayautoparts.com. Jack Jordans in Duishka are looking for experienced staff. Please email your CV to inquiries at jackjordans.ie. And finally, job opportunity for graduates with disabilities. Ahead Ireland have partnered with Boston Scientific Galway to offer a STEM graduate programme spot exclusively for applicants with disabilities. Closing on March the 1st, see ahead.ie for more. And if you need any phone numbers or email addresses, please call our reception on 091-770077, search hashtag Galway Jobs on social media, or go to goibfm.ie forward slash jobspot. Thank you, Darren. I played the weather jingle, so I'll give it to you now. Today will be cold and breezy with sunshine and scattered blustery showers. Some of the showers will be heavy with hail and isolated thunderstorms possible in the west of the country, while wintry falls can't be ruled out over higher ground. Highest afternoon temperature, 6 to 8 degrees, but feeling colder due to a brisk northwesterly wind. And showers will die out early tonight, leaving mostly dry and clear conditions, cold with some frosty conditions developing, especially in the east as temperatures drop to between 0 and plus 3 degrees. Moderate northwest winds will ease light and variable, falling calm locally and uh, the cloud will increase towards morning with a few patches of light rain or drizzle developing. A very good morning to you. You're welcome back to Galway Talks with me, John Morley. Uh, let's go to your comment sign very quickly first. They did everything right over at Merlin Park. They had a shredder to shred the timber into sawdust. How did they expect the machinery to get in? If they are so concerned, why don't they maintain it and cut the grass around the trees? The Green Party are costing this country millions, so says one of our listeners here. And another listener is wondering if uh, they needed a felling licence uh, to cut down the trees there in Merlin Park. And I can tell you that uh, Alan Cheevers is on the case there. We have put in that call to the HSC and we're still awaiting a response there. Now, though, Galway features on this week's episode of Home of the Year. So the judges are back in town and the homes are open for viewing. And this year, the judges are returning to make the tough decisions. An architect and founding partner of Douglas Wallace Consultants, Hugh Wallace, also award-winning architect Amanda Bone and award-winning interior designer Sarah Cosgrove will be making all the tough decisions there. So every Tuesday, you can join that judging panel of Hugh, Amanda and Sarah as they explore 21 outstanding homes across Ireland this year. Series. Features homes in Cork, Mayo, Kilkenny, Dublin, Down, Wicklow, Mead, Antrim, Galway, Armagh, Derry and also Kildare. The series is now in its ninth um, year and uh, will champion creativity and showcase clever design and individuality as well. I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line though by Hugh Wallace, one of the judges on the programme. Hugh, a very good morning to you. And a very good morning to you. Hugh, it's all eyes on Galway for episode two. Here you'll be, uh, yeah. We'll be down with uh, Neve and uh, Stephen Banahan. Wow, what a what a amazing conversion of an old home! It it was just extraordinary, and their the way they intervened in the house was amazing because basically they just stripped back the old plasterwork, relime mortared it and exposed all the old timber heads over the windows and the, that lovely beam in the kitchen. And then they introduced that big piece of copper at the back of the, of, of the fire, of, of the stove. And it was just amazing. The colour scheme was great and they had their own little she-beam. Wouldn't, wouldn't, mind to go, wouldn't mind to go on that, Hugh. 
<laughs> oh no, it, it it was truly amazing. You know, when you arrive up, it was so higgly piggly on the outside. You were wondering what was going to happen inside. Mm. But for me, what the house showed was real creativity and energy. You yeah. got a real sense that the owners of this house had put in the legwork, and because of that, the home ended up so special. Yeah. It's amazing the stamp that the owners can really push on a, a property to make it their own. Absolutely. And and that's what you're looking for in this show, that sense of the homeowner's personality. And if you like the quirkiness and that house was definitely quirky. And it is a, a renovated 18th century cottage, that mix of the mm. old and the new. It, it, it's very hard to get that right. Oh, they have it perfectly. And it wasn't that, what was interesting is that it could have been a bit kitsch because of the way they've done it, but it wasn't. And the reason it wasn't was because of the colour schemes. The colour schemes were really modern and bold and and their design upstairs in the bedroom, in the master bedroom, was just fabulous. The, the way they'd exposed the timber rafters to give more height because the ceiling was quite low. And in fact, then and on the gable wall, there was a small window which was introducing lovely east light in the morning. So a real understanding of where the sun rises and where the sun sets. And an awful lot of people get that wrong even today. Absolutely. Now, the uh, judging team, the adjudicators, yourself, you, and also Amanda Bone and uh, Sarah Cosgrove, were you all singing off the same hymn sheet for this home? Or was there a bit of uh, debating back and forth as it usually is? No, there was a bit of debate back and forth. But for me, this house was exceptional. Um, it it was exceptional because, if you like, it showed an alternative way of renovating a home. And if you like, for doing it, rolling up your sleeves and keeping it within, you know, within, within parameters of budgets that work for that family. You know, it's very easy to go into that house, demolish everything, create a new home. But when you do that and it's all perfect on the inside, then if you like, you leave some of the essence of the home. It's disappeared behind the walls. And that's why this is a great example of exposing, if you like, the nuttiness and grain of a home and how it can add to the character of your 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 house. Mm-hmm. And talk to us, uh, for people who might not be familiar with the show, um, there will be an overall winner here. There will, in uh, six weeks' time. And so that's really exciting. One house each each uh, show goes through to the final. And so we've had two finalists so far, and we're looking forward to an, another uh, seven. Absolutely. In terms of, uh, I know you've mentioned here there's a Mayo home as well. Have you got that far yet, or is that in a, in a forthcoming episode? It's in a forthcoming episode. And, um, you know, there's just stunning homes around the country, all over the country. And what I love about this is I go to places I've never been to. So you, you get to stay in, in you know, out in the headlands of Mayo or in Galway. And it's just great for traveling around and just experiencing our amazing country. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that some of the homes are integrated into the surrounding landscape, that's very important as well. It is, yeah, because, uh, you know, whatever people give out about the bungalow, at least it was a single-story structure, and with a good bit of planting, it disappears. Unfortunately, at the moment, in the countryside, people are building big edifices of two-story houses, and they don't disappear into the countryside. And an awful lot of those are ugly, 
and and we'll have to be looking at them now for the next three or four hundred years. Mm. Has there been any difficulty in getting people for the show? Because I know that the price of building a home has gone through the roof. No, there's uh, lots of people want to be involved in the show because the show isn't, if you like, about size. It is, it's about creativity and innovation and functionality. And it doesn't matter whether it's a small cottage, two-room cottage, or a big mansion. And, and so the show is everything and anything. And that's what's great about the show. And in terms of people with the Galway interest there, Neve and Stephen Banahan, is that in the forthcoming episode? It was actually last, last night. Oh, last night. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, you can watch the, its replay on Sunday, so you better get there now and watch the replay. Oh, we'll have to do that. We'll have to do that. And has the winner of that episode been selected yet? Or? Yes, and unfortunately it was pipped at the post mm. uh, by a house in Dublin. Okay, okay, very good. Well, uh, Hugh Wallace, uh, he is uh, architect and founding partner of Douglas Wallace Consultants. Uh, thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing yes, how the show progresses in the next six weeks. Great. Thank you very much. That's great. Hugh Wallace, they are joining us on the line today. Still to come on the programme today, we'll be talking to John Cleary. He has his new comedy tour, Loud and Cleary Irish Tour, which is uh, on between September and October of this year. Tickets are now on sale. He'll be coming to Galway, as well as a host of other venues across the country. He's in the Roisin Dove there on Sunday the 29th. We'll also be speaking with the BPW President, Louise Creevy-Sharkey, about this candle-lighting supper they have on this Friday. So all that, plus lots, lots more still to come on the programme. We'll also be announcing the winner of our Mubles giveaway. 100 euro voucher every day this week. So again tomorrow and as well when we're in Bohemore on Friday. So stay tuned for your chance to win. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Good morning and welcome back into today's programme. John Morley with you here on Goet Talks and 086-3833-553 is our text and WhatsApp number that is brought to you by Rationale. Choosing new windows and doors can be a challenge but with a showroom near you, experience a full range of Alucard options for yourself. Quality is Rationale. We have a text in there from one of our listeners. What's going on with traffic out in Barna? Cars are all backed up to the Ballymoneen Road. Would anyone know what's going on? Well, if anyone does know what's going on, you might just give us a text on our WhatsApp number there as well, and we'll try and get to the bottom of that. I have the news team and Darren Kelly on the job there, so we'll try and find out for you what's happening out there on the Ballymoneen Road out in Barna. Now, though, I'm going to turn my attention to comedy for the next while because we're joined on the line by John Cleary, who has his Loud and Cleary Irish tour coming between September and October of this year. Tickets are now on sale. John, a very good morning to you. Hello. Hi, John. John, you're very welcome onto the programme. Talk to us about your Loud Thanks. and Cleary Irish tour. Tickets, as I mentioned, they are on sale now. I've had the pleasure of seeing you uh, doing support for, for Tommy Tiernan as well, so I can vouch for you firsthand. It's going to be a good show. Thanks very much. Yeah, I'm glad you, you enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm going out on tour myself in, uh, as you mentioned, September and October, starting on the 14th of September in Ballyshannon and uh, Ballyshannon, Westport, Ballina, and then we're going everywhere. Um, we're in uh, Dublin Liberty Hall for a third night at it, actually, which is absolutely amazing. Sold out two nights in Liberty Hall, 6th and 7th of October, and one on the 5th been at it. We're going to, we'll be in the Roisin at the end of the tour, Roisin, Dove and Galway on the 29th of October. Uh, I'm in Limerick and Dolans, I'm in Wexford in the Crown Live, I'm in 
gravestones in the Whale Theatre. I mean, where else am I? I mean, uh, Kilkenny. I mean, Athlone and Port Leash. Uh, Belfast, Dundalk, Drada, all over the place. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And is this your first time doing a comedy tour on your own, John, or have you done this before? No, this is the first time. I We kind of toured a little bit with the Savage Eye after the Savage Eye was on TV. We had a kind of a, a few dates, but that wasn't, that was a few of us. It wasn't me on my own, but this is the, yeah, definitely the first time to answer your question. This is the first time I went out solo, yeah. Yeah. So and it's, uh, and what's that it's been exciting. like? And what's that been like? Nerve wracking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I just wonder what that, what's that been like because it's very different when you're when you're with a crew of people and you have that chemistry and that to then produce content and give it out on your own because really, it, whether the show goes well or it doesn't go well or if people laugh or they don't laugh, it, it's you have the responsibility then and you can take the credit when it does go well as well. That's it. Yeah, that's that's the difference between the, the two things and it is nerve wracking at the moment thinking about it because uh, it's all very well in the planning stage looking at it and going, oh yeah, there's these dates. But when you think when I think about the actual gigs, it's like, yeah, that is my it's on it's on me now, you know. So I probably used to be a bit lazy this way. I'd be kind of maybe comfortable going out with a group or hanging in behind a bit. But going out front, it's a different thing, and it's 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 a new thing, and it's it's mm. it's definitely something to look forward to. And uh, I think it makes me. A little bit more. I didn't realize this until we started planning this. It's made me a little bit more focused mm. on getting on getting you know getting it done or looking at other gigs on the way, like between now and then, as a kind of a stepping stone to that tour. So like it's focused me, and I'm really happy about that. And uh, have you had many test audiences yet? I know that's very important in terms of gauging what jokes will land and what will not land. Well. Uh, I haven't done anything. I'll be doing something in the summer uh, from June onwards because I'm on tour with Tommy still. We're, we're going we're gonna to run till June with Tommy, which is amazing because um, I've been working with Tommy since February of last year and we're going to run till June of this year, which is like, for me, unprecedented and absolutely brilliant. So I haven't really run out the show that I'm going to do in the autumn. Not yet, you know, so... Actually, it's a good job you mentioned that because I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in terms of that tour with Tommy, he's obviously a great man to learn the trade because he he's so experienced in terms of comedy. He's t- uh, done tours all over the world on his own. So yeah, must be a great man to learn your trade off. Absolutely. And that's why there's a big traffic jam in Barna today. They're all out there. <laughs> well, that's find an it, find it. Get a look at Tommy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely. He's... Um, He's, he's he's absolutely amazing to work with and um and I've told him this myself I've learned more off of him in the last year than I learned in the previous when well, I've been doing stand up for 20 years so in the previous 19 years I didn't learn as much as just watching Tommy work and watching how he he puts stuff together and just how how he how he handles everything it's he, he's an amazing uh, act and amazing professional like so I'm I'm I've learned loads yeah. yeah. 
you mentioned earlier on the Savage Eye. I have to say it was one of my favourite shows on RTE back in the day. I don't know if get, don't know if we get away with it nowadays, John. But uh, talk to us about some of the the characters you played in that. I know you, you used to be a stereotypical politician. You used to be the housebound as well. T- talk to us about those days. Yeah, yeah. Those those they 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 were great days and. Uh, with the, those characters, we we worked really hard on that that show, and we worked. We did four seasons of that show, and we worked on it. Each year we worked on it, it was longer. We spent, I think, we spent about fourteen months with the last one, just writing it and trying to get the material the way we wanted it. But the 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 housebound guy, that 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 came out of a different idea that eventually ended up on the head of uh, Nick Robinson. A birdcage, which I bought myself in a shop in Parnell Street, in a in a pet shop, uh, Paddy. I think it was Wackers. What do you call it, Wackers? I can't remember the name of the shop, but I bought it there, and I went into the pet shop to buy a birdcage, and I brought it up to the counter, and I said, "Can I put that over my head?" And I was going, "What are you talking about?" I said, "I just want to put the cage on my head." Says, you can do what you want with it if you buy it. So I bought. Put it on my head in the shop. I said, that's grand, I'll take it. And your man was probably still wondering, well, he probably saw the show then later on, but yeah. he was looking at me. It was kind of funny. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that character was great. And the, the the first time we did that character with Dave doing Mary Robinson, um, I couldn't stop laughing. I was corpsing it all the time because it was too funny because he was playing a harp, Dave was like, and the harp was out of tune. And they were thrown in the, you know, the, you know, post-production ADR that stick in the sound of the harp. But the harp was just sounding like something from a Marx Brothers film, you know. And his head was going from side to side, and I was just crying. Mm. I was just crying, laughing, and the, the uh, hair and makeup would be coming over every five minutes and opening the cage, the cage door, and wiping the tears from me, from my eyes because I was laughing that much. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was a great character, and the, the politicians, the four politicians sitting in a line, yeah. that was a lot of fun as well. And the Gardaí, of course, who I, I love. I've done so many. I've got a really, I've got a big guard ahead on me, so <laughs> I I do guards very well. And in fact, I've done I've done a couple of films in the last while, uh, over the last ten years, and I've played guards police in three different centuries now at this point <laughs> so it's yeah. across across history I'm a guard yeah I, I love but, the one uh, where they're training the guards uh, the pin and the tunyardi they're the two the two standout ones for me anyways <laughs> yeah 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 one of my favourite ones of them was the one about uh, how to show affection and it was written up on the blackboard <laughs> affiction A-F-F-I-C-H-T-I-O-N <laughs> Today oh. I'm going to learn how to show a fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh and no, brilliant. Myself and, myself and Patrick McDonald hugging each other and then <laughs> Dave going, go on, it's all right, take it easy, take it easy, separate, walk it off, walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's other stuff in that show. I don't know if we're allowed to get into it at this time of the morning, but um, no, you, 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 oh, mentioned, yeah. you mentioned there your film experience there. You do have a, a wide ensemble there. The the man who invented Christmas, uh, Jimmy's Hall, a great film as well. You've, you've really expanded yeah. expanded your portfolio. Yeah, well, again, there you go. That was it. The Jimmy's Hall, I was uh, RAC uh, from the 30s. And in The Man Who Invented Christmas, I was an English Bobby from the 
40s or 50s maybe mm. and uh, it was great to work on those and especially the Ken Loach because I mean Ken Loach is someone I revered and loved always and seen most of his movies and particular a particular style like which I really liked and I got that call from from the production that you know that I want to do a, an audition for it and I was delighted and it was being shot in Leitrim Sligo where I'm from so um when I went did the audition with Ken and his team and it was a different audition than anything I'd ever, ever done before it was very improv amongst four or five people he didn't look at one person he had three or four people just chatting in a room and uh but we well, I got I, I didn't hear anything back for a while then I got a call from from the production going uh Ken would like to have you on set and I was going oh this is brilliant at last I'm no longer a guard and he went uh, he wants you to play a policeman oh no <laughs> but uh it was brilliant it was brilliant working with him because he he did things which weren't the norm, really, I suppose, in filmmaking, he shoots things in sequence. Like, he's not going to do all the indoor stuff first and then come outside. He shoots stuff in the natural light as it happens. So he'd shoot every bit as it would happen in reality. Yeah. And it's very interesting, really interesting to work uh, with him. He's, he was amazing. Yeah. Anyway, lovey darling, I was in a film with Ken Loach. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Now, come here to me, John. I know you are also um, have involved in different comedy festivals uh, across the country, and uh, yeah. in one in particular, the Galway Comedy Festival, a great gig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the the, the October Bank Holiday in Galway is is really really brilliant and getting bigger and better all the time. Lots of acts from all over the world. The best, literally the best in in stand up coming to Galway every year. And uh, I don't know how many years I've been going going to the Galway Comedy Festival, but it's been—I suppose it's been ten anyway, um, maybe more. And uh, Kevin and everyone at the Roisin—it's—it's um, it's a major, major deal, and it runs for two weeks. Like it's really, really expanded. I think it's two weekends now, maybe ten days in total. Yeah. And you know, everyone you want to see in comedy is going to be there. So yeah, I can't say enough good about the Galway Comedy Festival. It's fantastic. Yeah, um, I know that uh, you're going uh, on your tour. Then you might just talk, talk to people uh, who might not have seen you do stand up live before. Just explain a bit about your stand up style. Uh, probably a bit different to what we would have seen sketch wise. Uh, I guess it is. Yeah, it's more. It's a bit more observational. I I used to do. Well, I still do a few impersonations. I used to do a few characters. A few. You know, politicians, I'll always do like Leo. Leo always comes to mind, you know, and <laughs> people like that. Michael D. I like doing a bit about Michael D. because he's such he's such a lovely man. And he's our, he's our president as well, you know. And I love I love playing with those voices and having fun with that. And uh, I also like I'm big into my language these days, just how language is formed. I know that sounds a bit arty farty, but I like uh, wordplay like how it. Irish people. How Irish people, uh, Irish people, kind of think in Irish and speak in English, yeah. and <laughs> I kind of, kind of concentrate on phrases we use. There's one phrase we use a lot, which is half thinking. I was half thinking of going to, <laughs> I was half thinking of going down there. You know what I mean? It sounds like, yeah. is it the most lazy thing in the world, or is it the most ingenious thing in the world to only use a bit of your brain yeah. to think? 
I do be you know, is another good one. To, I do be going. <laughs> I do be going, and and the the negativeness of the the conditional the more can look is is yeah. a big one. Yeah. The, the the you wouldn't. It's like you can't ask for anything, and you, know? you can't say, "Give us twenty quid." It's like you wouldn't have you wouldn't have twenty quid, <laughs> would you? Which is an amazing way of softening the blow of borrowing money as well. Yeah. Yeah, passive, and, uh, very passive. You know, we we're really we're really kind of good like that. You you don't have a fiver, you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have a saw. You know, it's really we 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 kind of really speak as if the Irish language is it's like the rhythm of the Irish language, but the words of the English language. Mm. And I think that's a, an interesting thing to talk about. And I think mm. I found that audiences respond to that. Mm. And uh, so if that, and this, it's it's different. It's not different, different, different every night when I go out there. But I try and do something from the day as well, from something current, something that happened in the news, something. And then I have other bits that I do, and it's observational mostly, and it's mostly Irish centered, you know. Yeah. And some of those sketches in the Savage Eye were stand up, like a hat was taken from stand up from all of us, and. Mm. Um, like, I don't know if you remember the sketch about that guy going to the consultant and the consultant just uh, looking at a scan and then he said, I've looked at your scan there and I can see that there f there's four 50 euro notes there. They're causing an obstruction. <laughs> I can get, I can remove those straight away for you if you want. And he just goes around behind the guy and puts his hand into his wallet. There we go. That's it. Now you can pay Joan on the way out. <laughs> Uh, that was a sketch of, of mine from the from from stand up, you know. Yeah, and in terms of the actual shows themselves, I suppose what'll work for Dublin might not necessarily work for Cork, might not necessarily work for for Galway City, might not work for uh, a rural place in Mayo. I, I, are you thinking that far ahead in terms of what tweaks and that you might have to make for different audiences? Yeah, yeah, it's like because the, the the tour with Tommy was is the best teacher for that because mm. we were everywhere yeah you know we went we went from belfast to killarney and from cork up to donegal and from dundalk down to wexford like we covered and the midlands you know mm. we were in mullingar uh, at Lone, all of the middle east we were all we were there and we were in cavan monaghan you know everywhere so it's, you know, there's a certain, country, uh, certain not rural, there's certain outside of Dublin sensibility, and then there's the Dublin thing. Yeah. But in general, it kind of all sort of, because we're all Irish, it all tends to, there's a few little things you, you can't kind of do in certain places, mm. but it all tends to relate because we're all from the same place really Dublin is slightly different yeah but not that much not as much as you think you know yeah I found because um, I did sorry no I found sorry. when I when I saw you, yourself and, and Tommy I saw you in Castle Bar and I also had saw, yeah. seen Tommy maybe a year before that in Dublin he got a lot away with a lot more in Castle Bar than he did in Dublin well that is that's a thing as well yeah yeah there's there's a little bit of leeway there's a little bit of leeway with the with the the audiences outside Dublin. There's a less, I suppose there can be a little bit of, uh, 
I suppose the I don't know how I describe that. I suppose it's a little bit of Arrow, you know, let's have the crack here and so what? Divilment. Whereas it's, yeah, that divilment is the word, yeah. yeah you've yeah. you've summed it up really there of like going sure he's only he's having the crack there, you know. And yeah. I think <laughs> Irish people tend to and it doesn't matter it's another thing I cover in the set. We don't really we don't re, we don't really care about the job and about the rules once there's fun happening mm. i think irish people are very good at that they're very good at just going cops as well they'll just be going they're just once you once someone starts having the crack everything kind of relaxes and i think that's a unique and special thing we have here you know people in their jobs can just kind of forget that they're working because they're just having you know they're having a laugh mm. and i think that's more outside of dublin than it is in dublin yeah. and um I don't know if I explained that very well, but um, well, if if anyone's in any if anyone's in any doubt of your credentials, I know you've scooped an Imro Award for your topical sketch writing and performance in today FM's uh, flagship uh, drive time show. There, the last words. So, really, yeah. you're you're guaranteed a good night uh, here. You're, now you're playing um, in the Roisin Dove in Galway on the 29th of October. So tickets are on sale now. Where can people get the tickets? Ticketmaster, I presume, and RoisinDove.net. RoisinDove.net, and also uh, you can. Go on to, there's a, I have a webpage, it's www.johncaleary.ie, which will have a list of all of the dates and there will be a link to buying tickets for every show. And uh, as well as the Galway one, I'll be doing um, Ballina, Westport, uh, kind of Limerick as well, and Dolan's uh, down the road. It's only an hour away, it'll be sound. And uh, uh, so, like, uh, just log on to www. I can't say www fast. <laughs> so, everyone knows there's a www. So, it's just johncaleary.ie. Great, great stuff, Sean. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I must get down to one of the shows myself as well because I, I really enjoyed it last yeah. time, uh, Tommy Tiernan as well. So fair play to you and keep it lit and uh, we look forward to, to hearing from you a little closer time. I'm a bit annoyed though, John, because I see here they are cutting trees in Barna Woods and that is causing traffic to be backed up. Uh, there are temporary traffic lights and they are on red for three minutes at a time causing this delay. So it's not because of Tommy Tiernan. Oh, oh look at We'll have to do something about that. Cutting trees before the first of March. Is that what's going on? Oh, let's not get into it, John. John Cleary, thank you. You're, uh, Thanks so much, John. Your, your thank show, you. Your show is coming to town and going the 29th of October in the Roisin Dove. That's uh, Loud and Cleary Irish tour between September and October 2023. Tickets on sale now. Get them, get them, get them. John, thank you for joining us here on Goa Talks. Thanks, John. Take care. Still to come on the programme today, we'll be speaking with the BPW President, Louise Creevy-Sharkey. It's about this candlelighting supper which is taking place this Friday. We'll also be giving you our competition winner. All that plus lots, lots more coming up between now and 12 midday. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. A very good morning to you. Welcome back into today's programme. Now, on Ace uh, Galway, Arts, Culture and Entertainment with Gary McMahon this evening at 7 o'clock, Gary speaks with Mairead Nikungla about Skull Scorha, a nine-week immersive journey into the heart and soul of Irish culture, heritage and language starting next week. Ace looks back at Branagh's show, The Table, and considers what the Irish results at the BAFTA tells us about the Oscars, if anything. Plus news of music from Matthew Beryl, John Bleck and Neve Regan, all on 
Ace with Gary McMahon this evening, brought to you in association with Bradley's Bar of Laban. So looking forward to that from 7 o'clock this evening. Now, though, we're going to turn our attention to business and business professionals because we're joined on the line by the BPW President, Louise Creevy-Sharkey. Louise, a very good morning to you. Good morning, John. How are you? Very good, Louise. Louise, you're talking to us about this candlelighting supper that's being held by the Business and Professional Women in Galway this Friday. That's right. So BPW Galway, we're going to host our annual candlelighting supper on Friday in the Harbour Hotel in Galway City. So this is part of our international commitment to BPW International. So the evening will commence at 7pm with the drinks reception and then we'll have a lovely three-course supper. A candlelighting ceremony will occur as part of BPW Galway's commitment, as I already said, to our international organisation. And then we will hear from our guest speakers who are sisters and local businesswomen, Kleena and Lara Stondoon, who are from the iconic and hugely successful family-run business Stondoon, located in Spiddle, County Galway. So it's um, an open event, so it's for BPW members and non-members, and it's a fun, relaxed networking event, um, so everybody is very, very welcome. And tickets are on sale priced at €50 for BPW members and 55 for non-members. So if anybody is looking for a ticket, they can go to our BPW Galway Facebook page or go to the eventbrite.ie link. And the booking system will close tomorrow, so I would suggest anybody looking for tickets should go onto those links today and book their tickets today. Mm. It can't be overstated the importance of networking and events like this are a good way of doing it in the business community. Absolutely. And with BPW Galway, we're a really vibrant organisation. So we're an organisation of business and professional women. And a lot of the women that I have come across, they're women leaders, they're entrepreneurs, business owners, they're professionals. And it's a lovely way for women to come together to support each other, to advocate for women generally. And while a lot of the time I've come across women that maybe I may never have come across before, both professionally or from a personal level. And in BPW Galway, we are an affiliate to BPW International. So it's probably one of the most international organisations for women in the world. And membership is really available to women who are really in currently in the workforce or have been in the workforce or whether you've been employed or self-employed. So there's no age limit or barrier to membership with BPW Galway or BPW International. Okay, and uh, Kleena and Lara Stondoon uh, from Stondoon Spiddle, you've mentioned them already. They're going to be guest speakers and uh, they've had a remarkable career so far. They have indeed. I think they've had to, over the last number of years, particularly during COVID, have to pivot their whole business and strategic plan. But I think what's lovely about um, Lara and Kleena, they're a third generation that have kept the business going, starting with their grandparents who came down from Dublin um, and set up a small little business in a little cottage. And then their father took it over and how he had to change the whole business model and look at more of the tourist industry and bringing Aaron jumpers into the West and getting women to make them locally. Because I think at the time, once you got married, you couldn't work outside the home. So he found a way to encourage women in the community to still be able to work, essentially. Um, And then the girls have now taken over the business and how their business focus, how that's changed and how the whole environment has changed. So yes, they're two very interesting ladies and both bring very different aspects to the job and are both very different in their work approach and work ethic. So I know Lara personally and they're just a fabulous family. So it's a pleasure to have them coming to talk to us on Friday evening. Now, the the organisation itself, the uh, Business and uh, Professional Women uh, Galway, 
it's just for, for business women in, in the county, I suppose. I know it's part of a larger organisation. But talk to us about the benefits of it. Well, the benefits of it are, well, I can speak personally, it's given me opportunities to meet women that I may never have come across before. But I think having women that from loads of different aspects, in, in not just in business, you've got professionals, you've got people that have started up businesses um, and we're working with a lot of the Ukrainians at the moment that a lot of the women that had to just abandon their businesses and have come to Ireland. So we're working with them at the moment to try and help them get back on their feet. They want to be independent. They don't want to be, you know, earning off. They want to be able to earn their own money, essentially. So we've got a huge skill set within the organisation of people that can help support women in all aspects of life. So it's a great opportunity to be able to work with like-minded individuals, but also people that bring different thoughts to the whole industry um, and to businesses. And I've learned a lot from my own businesses from different women within the organization. So as a member, you gain an awful lot um, of insight into business structure, but also friendships um, that have been made that really last forever. And from my, that's been my own personal experience. Yeah. I know International Women's Day is coming up on the 8th of March. We might link back in with you, Louise, and uh, some yes. of those, your members in Galway, and we'll get them on the programme for that as well, because I think it's, a, it's an important issue and we'll keep highlighting it. And in terms of breaking that, that glass ceiling and, and getting more women involved in business, there have been great strides over the past few years. There have, and I think that glass ceiling has certainly come a lot closer to being shattered. Um, if you look at the likes of Sinead Cassidy in Galway Races, she's doing great strides and um, yeah. really paving the way for a lot of women in the industry. And I think that, you know, even the gender pay gap now is becoming closer and smaller and smaller. But there's an awful lot of work being done on an international basis. And I know with BPW International, that's not just in Ireland. It's it's on a global level. We are working on that. And we work with an awful lot of the international organisations to try and help progress those um, issues that women do face within the working environment. Absolutely. No, it's been a pleasure talking with you as well. That is the BPW President, Louise Creevy-Sharkey. Thank you for joining us in Galway Talks. Thank you, John. Take care. And if uh, any of you have um, a, a remarkable woman out there, whether that be business or no matter what profession or, or what they're involved in, it could be sport, it could be music, you might just get in contact with us on the programme because we are looking to fill up that International Women's Day programme on 086 3833 That's brought to you with thanks to rationale.ie. You can also email us at comments at goibayfm.e. We'll give you more details from there. We'll get in touch with you from there. And you can also call us directly. Trades is on reception 0917700077. That morning went very fast. We'll be giving you the competition winner with the headlines very shortly. Here we go. Yes, that is it for today's programme and the winner of our Mubles competition for today, the 100 euro voucher, goes to Margaret Keady of Ornmore. Congratulations to you. Coming up on the programme tomorrow, today we have a very busy show. We'll be looking back and getting a reaction to that two mother and baby homes um, and the reaction to the redress bill and councillors are to urge the Oireachtas not to diminish democracy in new planning bill. We'll be discussing that with Mary Hode. Also, Connacht Tribune headlines with Dave O'Connell. We'll be talking with Ukrainians about the war. It's a year on. We'll also have our gardening slot at Amakion. We'll be speaking on Muddy Souls and we'll also have sax and clarinet player Matthew Beryl in on the programme to perform live for us. Looking forward to that. Of course, we had him on the for it as well. But all that was lots, lots more to come tomorrow. Thank you to Darren Kelly, producer, to Trades at Reception, who took your calls. We're back tomorrow. 
I'm in the hot seat again. Take a very good afternoon.